Presented by Facebook. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Munavalin. It's Tuesday, and today's show, what's in the way of voting reform getting through the Senate? This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Here's the big thing to watch out for on Capitol Hill today, or at least on virtual Capitol Hill. Senate Democrats will hold a virtual meeting at 12.45 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be the first opportunity of the new year for all 50 members to talk about where Build Back Better 2.0 stands and what they think of Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's new voting rights push. As one playbook author put it, I'm guessing Ryan Lizza, on both issues, every utterance of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema will be examined like a hair respects inspecting a sheep liver. You'll have to ask him. As we mentioned yesterday, voting rights and election reform will dominate the debate in Washington over the next few weeks. To be fair, meeting self-imposed deadlines has not exactly been a strong suit for the Dems in the last year, but Schumer said Monday he wants the Senate to consider rules changes by January 17th if voting rights legislation is filibustered. So far, this has been a Democrats-only debate. We've mostly heard a lot of sniping at Schumer from Republicans on the sidelines, but one important dynamic to watch for is whether Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and his colleagues move from simply attacking Schumer here to making a substantive counteroffer. There's a movement afoot to get congressional Republicans to back some narrow but important reforms, and Schumer will have to make some tough decisions if McConnell embraces them over the next two weeks. First, a primer on the current proposals in play. The top two priorities for Schumer are the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Back in 2017, House Democrats wrote the For the People Act, commonly known as H.R. 1, to implement several political reforms covering voting, election integrity, campaign finance, restoration of the Voting Rights Act, D.C. statehood, redistricting, and ethics rules covering the President and Congress. Think of it as the political reform version of the original Build Back Better bill. Instead of containing just priorities, it contained every political reform idea. A lot of it was driven by the anti-corruption push spurred by Donald Trump's actions in 2016 and 2017. In private, many Democrats admit it was a quickly written bill for messaging for the 2018 midterms. And when it got to the Senate last year, Democrats began refining it especially to take into account what happened in 2020 and its aftermath. As the bill was refined and moved toward the Senate floor, Manchin announced that he wouldn't support it. The bill was scrapped, but two things that happened. Manchin declared his support for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, a much smaller bill that would restore the Justice Department's authority to approve changes to voting laws and redistricting in a dozen or so states with the recent history of racially discriminatory voting laws. But Senator Lisa Murkowski was the only Republican to sign on, leaving it going nowhere fast. A group of Democrats, including Senators Warnock, Kane, Klobuchar, and Merkley, began meeting with Manchin to design a modified version of H.R. 1 that all 50 Democrats could back. The Freedom to Vote Act is the fruit of those negotiations. To be clear, it's still a massive reform bill. It addresses voting rights, election integrity, campaign finance, and gerrymandering, but it's more tailored to address problems of electoral subversion, like removing election officials without cause, that became apparent after 2020. It also includes more input from local election administrators to satisfy complaints about a federal takeover of state-run elections, as well as more Manchin-slash-GOP-friendly language on some issues, like voter ID laws. Manchin shopped the bill to Republicans, and despite a few sops to the right that it included, he came up empty-handed. So, it's nuke the filibuster or bust, right? Well, maybe not. 
the conservative commentariat has suddenly rallied around another idea, reforming the Electoral Count Act. That's the 19th century law that outlines a convoluted process to certify each state's electoral votes. Trump seized on the seeming ambiguities and weak points of the poorly written law to try to throw out or replace legitimate states of Joe Biden electors. In recent weeks, Cato, National Review, and The Washington Examiner have all editorialized in favor of reforming the Electoral Count Act. Liberals and academics have been on board for a while. The Senate Republicans unite in favor of ECA reform as their main alternative to Schumer's legislation. It could complicate the majority leader's plan. If the Senate passed a narrow ECA reform bill, would it take air out of the push for filibuster reform? We're told Schumer views ECA reform on its own as completely inadequate. It is a minor reform compared with the Freedom to Vote Act or the John Lewis bill and would have no impact on this year's midterm elections, which loom as the near-term contest spurring Democrats to action. But reforming the ECA is arguably the single most important tweak to America's creaky presidential election system that could prevent a future unscrupulous president from succeeding where Trump failed. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10.10 a.m. Eastern Time, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will receive the President's Daily Brief. At 2 p.m., Biden and Harris will meet with their COVID-19 response team on the latest Omicron developments. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 2.30. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. to take up several nominations, followed by a recess until 2.15 for weekly party luncheons. The House is out today. One last thing before we get out of here. BlackBerry is officially hanging up its classic smartphone from the Washington Post after its end-of-life date, as BlackBerry calls it. Devices running on BlackBerry's legacy operating systems and software will, quote, no longer reliably function, while devices won't be able to dial 911 or send a text message. That's today's reminder that time comes for us all, friends. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now and obsolete tech devices, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghuman and Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com slash safety.